Have you ever wanted to start a business but were overwhelmed with the idea of all that would entail? You are definitely not alone. My name is Stephanie Thompson and I'm on a journey to build a business from scratch so that you can see how it's done and know that you have a friend in this game. Hello everyone. Welcome to episode 87 of the Phoenix Experiment. Today we are talking about talent. So in the previous episode, I mentioned talent several times when we were talking about grit and how talent is not at all it's cracked up to be. Talent is not the be all end all. Talent is not necessarily an indicator for success. Can it be? Sure. But the thing about talent is that it is not innate. And it seems to be that that is a very common belief people have. And I will admit that I am certainly guilty of holding this belief myself. But over the past you know, few years, I've, I've changed that. And one book in particular that was super helpful in helping me to change my belief system regarding talent was the book called Talent is Overrated by Jeff Colvin. And it's so it's such a fantastic book. And the the uh, the subheading is what really separates world-class performers from everybody else. So Jeff Colvin did such a fantastic job in this book of of describing talent and discussing why talent is not the be-all end-all that I really I'm going to use this book as a reference in this particular episode. So we have this belief that you're born with talent. You're either good at something or you're not good at something and this can often hold us back. If you're say We'll go back to the drawing example that I used in, in the grit episode. So if you want to draw something, you want to be a great artist, and you start drawing and you realize you're not very good, your, your creations, it's not clear what they are or they look like a, a child's drawing, uh, you're not proud of them, you're not impressed, and you just think, wow, I, I clearly have no talent for this. And because you have no talent for this, you move on and you put down the pencil and you walk away and you don't ever come back to it because you don't have a natural talent for it. So you move on. Well, the idea behind talent being overrated is that talent is not something you're born with. You don't have it or not. It's uh, it's. In very few cases, like child prodigies, which he does touch on, and I don't quite recall that part of the book, so I'm not going to go into detail about it. But point being, people that are good at something are not naturally talented. People that are really good at something put in the hard work to become good at that thing. They didn't just wake up one day and say, you know what, I want to be an artist, so I'm going to start drawing and then voila, they were Picasso. It, it didn't, it, it doesn't work that way. It, it never works that way. You know, even overnight successes, and, and this is something that's, that's, I think is catching on now, 
but has certainly kind of infiltrated the minds of society is this idea of overnight success, uh, which doesn't really exist. There's no such thing as overnight success. These people that that are so-called overnight success stories put years of practice into whatever it is that they're doing, and then one day, suddenly, everybody knows about them. But the only reason everybody knows about them is because they put in this these years of hard work and and deliberate practice and struggle to get to that point. They weren't born that way. They didn't wake up on a Tuesday and say, I want to be an artist, so I'm going to start drawing. And then on a Wednesday, they were world-renowned. It doesn't work that way. Overnight success is a myth. But back to talent. So if you're not born with talent, and it's all about hard work, then how do you get there? There must be some way that you can develop this talent. And, and it's open to everybody. Everybody can develop talent in any area they choose to put the hard work into. So George Col- or excuse me, Jeff Colvin says that the elements of talent are there are five elements of talent. So the first one is that it's designed specifically to improve performance. And the key word of this attribute is designed. So for instance, If you wanted to get better as an artist, say drawing eyes, drawing eyes or even hands, we'll go with drawing hands. Hands are are particularly difficult to draw in my experience. I have attempted this feat and they're not as simple as they seem like they would be. Hands are, are, are challenging. So if you wanted to develop talent at drawing hands, then you would need to specifically design a program to improve your performance. And within this program, you would need to draw hands. But the the way you might design it is not to say, I'm gonna draw hands, but you know what? I'm gonna draw the pointer finger. I'm gonna I'm gonna perfect the I'm gonna draw the pointer finger until I have a pointer finger down, until I have all the knuckles and and the fingernail and and it looks just like a pointer finger. You know, I'll just draw, I'll focus on that. And when I have that finger down, then I'll move to the thumb. And uh, I'll get better at the thumb. And when I get better at the thumb, I'm gonna continue drawing the pointer finger and the thumb together. So I'll draw those until I can, I can put a hand in the shape of an L with the pointer finger and the thumb. And then I'll draw those together. And when those look exactly like a hand in the shape of an L, then I'll start drawing the middle finger. And now it looks like somebody's holding up the number three. And and I'll keep doing that. And that's that's deliberate practice specifically designed to improve performance. You're going to continue doing the same type of thing until you get good at it. And then you can not entirely move on to the next thing, but add another element to that thing you're getting good at, and you just keep 
doing the same pointer finger and adding the element of the thumb until you get good at pointer finger and thumb and then you add the element of the middle finger until you get good at that and all the way on down the line until finally you draw hands and it's incredible there's no doubt in anybody's mind that is a hand and there's no doubt in anybody's mind what that hand is doing so that is practice that is designed specifically to improve your performance of drawing hands. You have to design it. You have to, to build a particular type of practice. You can't just go in and, and start drawing and expect to get better at drawing hands. You can't just draw anything. You can't draw a carousel and expect to get better at drawing hands. You have to design a specific type of program that will get you to the end result you have in mind. So the first element is that it's designed specifically to improve performance. The second element is that it can be repeated a lot. So back to drawing, if you're drawing hands, you can draw hands every day. You can draw you know, the pointer finger three times a day if you want until you, know, you have other things to do in your life. But every time you have an hour you sit down and you just draw pointer fingers over and over and over again and and once you get that you add the element of the thumb and you just draw it over and over and over again it can be repeated a lot it can you can do it over and over and over again no problem so that's the second element it can be repeated a lot the third element is feedback on results is continuously available so when you're drawing a hand when you're drawing the fingers of the hand, you can see the progress that you're making. You can see if your hand is getting better or not. You can see what parts of the hand or what parts of the finger are getting easier for you to draw and which parts you're still struggling with. You can see that. So the feedback is immediate. The feedback is, is continuously available to you because all you have to do is look down at what you're doing and then maybe look at previous examples of hands and fingers that you've drawn and compare the two. So feedback is continuously available. Now if there is something that you want to learn that isn't as obvious or you know as easy, uh, for instance one example that Colvin uses is uh, a job interview. So the rehearsal of a job interview. You may feel like it went really well uh, but there's really no way to gauge that. That's kind of a subjective thing. And so you may feel good about it, but did you really did you really do well at it? And in cases like these where it's not so obvious, the, the, the answer, you know, the feedback of whether or not you are improving is not really necessarily obvious in that moment, then this is when a coach or a mentor would be super useful. So think about what it is that you want to get good at, what it is that you want to excel at, and determine whether or not you can have the feedback be immediately available to you all by yourself, as in the case of drawing hands, or if you need somebody else who has more experience and practice in this particular thing to, to guide you and to offer their feedback because your own feedback can't be trusted at this point uh, and especially not in relation to yourself because we tend to either be too hard on ourselves or too easy on ourselves but not necessarily entirely realistic with the actual situation and how others might interpret it.
The fourth element of talent is that it is highly demanding mentally. So this is something that requires a lot of focus and concentration. You are going to be sitting down and you're going to be doing this thing. So when you're drawing hands, for instance, you're not mindlessly drawing, you're not just, you're not doodling, basically. You know, when you're sitting in class and you're bored with whatever the teacher is saying and you want to move on, but you know you can't go anywhere because you have to sit there. You just start doodling in your notebook and you're drawing flowers and hearts and skies and stick people, whatever. There's there's no concentration. There's no real deliberate effort in that. It's just you putting pen to paper and making things happen. So doodling is not does not require mental activity. You can doodle and and be thinking about something entirely different and still draw something on the paper, and that's doodling. With deliberate practice, that requires your full concentration and mental activity. So as you're drawing these hands, you have to really think, okay, how large do I make that curve around the knuckle? And how do I shade in the, the lines of the knuckle to make it look like a knuckle and not, uh, and, and maybe even, you know, multidimensional rather than just straight flat on the paper. I want this, this hand, this finger, this, this knuckle to pop out and look like it's, it, it might be pointing right at you. And in order to do that, that requires concentrated mental focus about how you make that happen. And so you might only be able to have that level of concentration for short bursts of time, you know, an hour or so at a time. Uh, and Colvin found that people can do it for up to five hours a day, but not all at one time. So people aren't sitting down for five solid hours and drawing hands. Rather, they're sitting down for an hour, maybe an hour and a half, they're drawing, then they're getting up and they're doing something else for a while, and then they might go sit down for another hour, hour and a half. And they can do that for three to five hours. So maybe two or three solid sessions where you're sitting down and you're doing this thing. And that's going to depend on what's available in your life, what kind of time you have. Maybe you can dedicate, you know, maybe you can get up a little earlier and dedicate uh, a solid hour in the morning to practicing, deliberately practicing that thing you want to get good at where you can just get lost in it and then get up and get ready for work or wherever it is you need to go and do. Uh, And then when you come home at night, you know, maybe after dinner, set aside another hour of time and just really focus and do what you need to do. And, and then maybe after the kids go to bed, then one more session of just one solid hour where you're just focusing and that's all you're doing. That's three hours a day. And it wasn't three hours all in one session. So you're able to kind of fit it in a little bit better. But without that deliberate practice, that mental focus where you're really, your mind is really churning, you're not going to get good at what you need to get good at. Because again, doodling Doodling is not going to get you there. Doodling is not going to help you get better at drawing. Doodling is a game. A fun game, a worthy game, but still a game that is not going to challenge you and make you better. 
The fifth element of talent is that it isn't much fun. And this one is, is almost controversial. So what do you mean it isn't much fun? How, how is getting good at something not going to be fun? And why would I bother doing it if it wasn't any fun? And really, that's kind of the point. So when you're sitting down and you're doing the thing, so you're drawing these hands, you know you're not really good at drawing hands, but you really want to get good at drawing hands, so you keep doing it, you keep at it, and it's not fun because you the progress is slow, and it's really frustrating that you just can't get these lines right. This knuckle just does not look like a knuckle, and that is super frustrating, and so it's not very fun. But that's the point. If it was very fun, then everybody would do it and everybody would be good and there'd be no distinguishing who had talent, who didn't, because we'd all have the talent. But again, talent is, is created. You design your own talent. You make your own talent over time and deliberate action on your part. And it's not fun in, in the making, in the creating of the talent, because you have to go through that, that difficult phase where you're not any good and it's frustrating and and you you have to be focusing your mental effort on the things that you don't have figured out yet and if you already have it all figured out and it's easy for you then that's the fun part but that also means you're not getting better because you already reached that level so when you're challenging your mind and you're sitting there and you just you're pushing out these these hands, these drawings of these hands, you're slowly getting better and better and better, you will eventually reach a point where a hand is easy for you. And when it's easy for you to draw a hand, that's when you add the arm. You know, that's when you add the, the elbow. And, and you just keep doing it. And then even when you add the elbow, you continue drawing the hand, because if you don't continue drawing the hand, you're not going to be good at it anymore. You will lose that skill. So you have to maintain that skill by continuing to do it. But that's no longer the thing you're working on because you're already good at it. And now a hand is fun to draw. And now you got to move on to the elbow, which is not so fun to draw because it's super frustrating and super challenging and you haven't quite figured it out yet. Uh, and you, it just goes on and on. It's, it's a never-ending process. Deliberate practice doesn't ever stop if you want to be good at something. And even, even when you are good at it, deliberate practice still doesn't stop because just like any, any muscle, you know, if you are a, a weightlifter and you stop lifting weights, your muscles are going to disappear. You know, they're going to atrophy or they're going to, they're just not going to be able to do the same things they were able to do while you were weightlifting. The same thing is true for your mind. If you don't work out your brain muscles, they're going to atrophy as well. And so whatever you're good at, it is not by any means a given that you will always be good at that thing. The only way you can always be good at something is if you are always doing that thing. If you're continuously practicing that thing, that's the only way you can stay good at something. And, and you know, as trends change and as industries change and you want to, uh, you know, stay on top of your industry, for instance, 
that's a continual learning process. You don't ever reach a point in your industry and say, ah, I've made it, I'm done, I can sit back and relax and I don't have to learn anything else. Because the moment you do that, somebody else is gonna step in and, and, and pass you by because they're going to be continually learning because the world is continually changing and that is never gonna stop. That's change is the one constant in life. So deliberate practice is the key. And that's the good news. That's so good because that means you have control over your own talent. Talent is not innate. Talent is created. It's not that you have it or you don't. It's that you maintain it. You, build, you create it, you build it, you maintain it, or you don't have it at all. You know, that, that's, that's where it is. And maybe if you start drawing and you have an inclination, maybe you're somewhat good, you know, you start, draw, you draw your first hand and everybody can tell it's a hand and wow, I'm impressed. I had no idea you could do that. So maybe you have some sort of, of natural inclination towards drawing. But unless you deliberately practice that thing, you're still not going to be good at it. Just because I can tell you drew a hand doesn't mean it's a good hand. You have to practice. You have to practice. And there is so much more that I wanted to talk about with talent. In any case, I, I really want to reiterate to you that talent is something it's a choice. Do you want to be talented or not? If you want to be talented, then you have to put in the work. If you don't, then you're good to go. You've, you've already made it. Talent is not something you're born with. This goes back to the grit conversation where grit is, is the key to success, much more of a key to success than talent because grit is something, you know, you just keep putting in the work. When you have talent, chances are you also have grit because you could not have gotten that talent without the grit to continue trying and to continue practicing. So they, they, there's a symbiotic relationship between grit and talent. Now, in summary, George Colvin, in the book Talent is Overrated, breaks down deliberate practice into five elements. Number one, it is designed specifically to improve performance. Two, it can be repeated a lot. Three, feedback on results is continuously available. Four, it's highly demanding mentally. And five, it isn't much fun. Now it's time for you to think about what it is you want to become good at and use five elements to design your own practice so that you can get into that thing every day. You can get your mind focused and concentrated on the specifically designed program of practice that you have and push through the times when it's not fun because generally speaking, when you're super focused and it's, it's challenging and frustrating, it's certainly not always gonna be fun. And that's okay. Keep at it. 
On that note, I hope you have a wonderful day and I will chat with you next week. Let's continue learning together on this business and lifestyle building journey. Hit the subscribe button and I'll see you on the next episode. This is Stephanie wishing you a deeply satisfying day.